This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Turn to Malachi chapter 3. We're going to start verse 8. You say, well, I thought you read that last week. That was last week. You don't have a clue what I read last week, do you? I don't either. Let's read it again. Okay? Starting verse 8. Will a man rob God? Now, this is God speaking to his people. Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? Five times in the book of Malachi, wherein is found. I challenge you to find all five of those. Uh, I, I, I wrote a sermon one time. I call it the wherein's of God. <laughs> and, and I got to looking in the Bible that Louise has got with her this morning, and there's a page in there that has all the wherein's of God. Those are smart people that put that Bible together. I just know they have to be because we think alike. They said, wherein we have we robbed thee? Here's the answer. In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that is the treasury, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Now here's the blessing. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time of the field, saith the Lord. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Purpose of our lesson today is to learn the danger of wealth, the danger of possessions, and when one fails to use what they have to honor God and to bless others, to help preach the gospel, to help the needy of the world, when we fail to give, that we are robbing God. And that's a very serious thing to even think about. Uh, I think we, to, we should want to know more about this. We want, I don't want to be guilty of that. I don't want to ever be guilty of robbing God. You say, well, can't we rob God of our time? Yes. Can't we use God, rob God of the various talents that we have, abilities? That we, yes, you can rob God of all of that. You, you can't, can't we rob God of, of in, in a lot of other ways, absolutely, his honor, honoring him and fail to honor God? I think you're robbing God of the honor and glory due him. But you see, we're not talking about those things in this class. We're talking about our relationship to the material blessings that God has given to us. And it's a very, very serious thing. Now, the God had a complaint against these people in verse 8. And what was the complaint he had against them? 
All right, so several of you said they're robbing him. He said, will a man do what? Let's fill in the blanks. Will a man rob God? Question. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In, here's the answer, in tithes and offerings, Malachi 3.8. So they really had stolen from God. You know, uh, did you follow the trial of, of old, that red-headed fellow that's now bald-headed? You know who I'm talking about? Alex Murdoch. That he, he was robbing, he robbed a lot of people. But you know that man also robbed God? He robbed God. He, he doesn't have all that head of hair anymore, does he? Because they done shaved it off and put him in jail. And, uh, and he's not the only one. What was the difference in uh, Alex Murdoch and Cain and Abel? Not a bit. <laughs> one killed his brother. He just killed his wife and he killed his son. It was all over material things, wasn't it? All over about money. If you get down to it, all about money. And greed. I think you're right. I think you hit the nail right on the head. That greed is behind a lot that's going on in this nation. I hate to say it because I, because I think it is true, but I still regret having to say it. There are people that get into political offices because they are driven by greed. They know they can get hooked up with some of these, uh, what do they call them, that, uh, the lobbyists. They get hooked up with a lobbyist. And the lobbyists will start filling their pockets full of money to help get through certain legislation. They go in poor, as, as Brother Turner used to tell us, poor as Job's turkey. And they come out with all the turkeys in the land. And, and, and so that's greed. This sin was widespread. How widespread was it? He said he called it the whole nation. I think this nation is robbing God personally. I don't mean every individual in the nation. I think we got a lot of good people in this nation that love God, and they, in, their, in their way they try to honor God, and especially those of us that are Christians are honoring God. So I'm not painting with a wide brush now that everybody, but this nation is robbing God today. Think about all the babies we've killed. Is that honoring God? It gives life? No, I think we've robbed God. That's just one slight, small example, and that's not a small example either. With over 60 million babies that this nation has murdered, 60 million. That's enough to repopulate, I figured it up one day, repopulate the entire Northeast. Several states in the Northeast could be repopulated with all the babies. I wonder how many of those babies could have come, become scientists and maybe did some, made some amazing discovery. How many of them could have been surgeons? How many of them could have been nurses? How many of them could have been good lawyers that wanted to see that justice was done? There's no telling. We will never know. But you know what? 
They may not believe in God. The people that did that may not believe in God, but guess where those babies are going to be? Well, God, I think the joke is on them personally. So they had stolen from God, that they had robbed God, the whole nation. And when you turn back to chapter, a couple of chapters to Malachi chapter 1 and, and verse 7 to 14, he describes how they had neglected the worship of God. What were they offering God? Anybody? What, what were they offering him? All right, notice what he said. If I can find it here, verse, uh, it's in starting at verse 7. You have offered, what kind of bread they offer? Polluted. Maybe it was molded. I don't know. Molded, polluted bread. Uh, and they say, well, how did we do that? You say, but. You say that, how, in verse 8, he said, you offer the blind for a sacrifice. Is that not evil? You offer the lame, the sick. Is it not evil? Offer it now unto your governor. Will he be pleased with it or accept thy person, saith the Lord? And so they were offering less than the best. You remember one of our lessons on giving God the best. This was less than the best. They gave the scraps, they gave the leftovers, they gave what they didn't want to the Lord. And so the, he accused them of robbing him. And here's the result of their sin in verse 9. And that is that they were going, oh, no, it's not verse 9. They were going to be, where does he say you're cursed with a curse? Oh, verse 9, yes. Uh, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm in chapter 1. <laughs> No wonder it wasn't working. Okay, verse 9, you're cursed with a curse. You have robbed me, even this whole nation. So they were cursed because they were doing less than their best. And according to verses 11 and 12, what's going to happen to their crops? They were going to be destroyed by the destroyer. Uh, I want you to, if you have your Bible, turn back to the book of Amos, the fourth chapter. I got it real quick because I marked it before I got here, okay? Now, verse 9, who is the destroyer of the crops? Let me, let, let me tell you what it was in Amos. He said, I have smitten you with blasting and mildew. He's writing to the same group of people here for the same kind of a sin. I have smitten you with blasting and mildew. When your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased, the palmer worm devoured them. Yet have you not returned unto me, says the Lord, said you didn't even return when that happened to me, to you. Palmer worm, palmer worm caterpillar. I read that, that they would come in hordes. I, I can remember as a boy, when I was living in Tennessee, that we had locusts to come through like that. I mean, I mean, they were everywhere. There's everywhere. Eating everything they could come up, any kind, if it was green, they'd eat it. And it destroyed a lot of good foliage, a lot of crops and so forth. The pommel worm, he said, I, I will, I will, uh, the, you, you, the, I will rebuke that devourer. I'm going to rebuke the one. I'm going to stop the. I'm going to stop the, the destruction of your fr fr of your fruits and of the ground and the vine 
uh, your vineyards. But but if you stop robbing me, well, there's a lot of palmer worms in our country right now. The, 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 The economy was better two or three years ago than it is today. I'm telling you, we're not honoring God in this nation. But we need to be concerned about looking in the mirror. Am I doing it? Am I honoring God? Okay? Now, look in verse 11. And that, the, the verse, the blanks there don't match up with the verse. Verse 11. So let me just read it. Well, I just read it. I will rebuke the devourer. And he says, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. And uh, saith the Lord. In other words, you're going to have a, a, a bountiful crop. All you have to do is bring all the tithes into the storehouse. What did he promise if he would do that? I will, there'll be so much come, I will bless you so much, you will not have room enough to receive it. You know, in Luke 12, that you remember the farmer in Luke 12 who said, what in the world am I going to do? I have so much fruit and goods. I'm going to have to build, tear down my barns and build greater barns to put out all. God had blessed that man. But what he did, he said, instead of saying, let me see who I can help with it. There may have been a widow right down the road, had six children. See, back in those days, they had a house full. And he could have said, I'll go down there and help that widow. Or he could have said, you know, there's some orph- they, got a, they got a group of orphans over here that this place is taking out. Let me go over and help that orphanage. No, no, he didn't see any need to do that. He was laying it up for whom? For himself. And he said, you're not rich toward God. So God took it all away from him. Took it all away from him. When we fail to honor God and respect God... It's, you're going to pay a price for it. You're going to pay a serious price for it. And you say, well, I thought this is a Bible class. It is a Bible class. We need to learn the truth about the possessions that we have. And uh, but God will bless us. There's no one that wants to bless us any more than God. But here's a principle. God blesses us. He shovels it out. As one fellow said, I shovel it out, and God shovels it back in, and God has a bigger shovel than I have. You see, it's give to receive, to give to receive, you give to receive. You said you don't believe that. I believe it from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I believe that. Louise and I were talking before we got here this morning, and you see, I wrote these lessons you say, well, we can tell it. You wrote them. So many mistakes in it. Who was that last? I was, last, I was Brandon up yonder. He, I knew it had to be him. And I, good to see you this morning, Brandon, I, although I can't see you. Glad to know you're up there. But I told her, I said, you know, I wrote them 55 years ago, Gene. 55, I was about 25 years old. I said, this is not our, I said, we believe this a long time, haven't we, Louie? She said, yes, we have. And I remember our first work up at Evergreen, they paid me $100 a week. I owed $10,000 of school loans. 
We needed a car, had to buy a car. That cost us $75 a month. That was three-fourths of a week, you see. And But we made it. We made it. But the first thing we did, we did this as soon as we got married, actually. We always gave to the Lord first. And we've given to the Lord when I didn't have gasoline to go in the car. Uh, when we lived there, there were a lot of weeks I didn't have money to buy gas to go in the cars. It sat in the driveway. Fortunately, if I need to visit the body in the hospital, I could walk to the hospital. I could walk to town to get our mail. We had a post office box downtown. And so I walked everywhere. I'd walk and go visit people. And uh, so you can do, you do what you have to do, and you live with what you got. Amen. You live within your means. And that's not wrong to try to get more means, is it? No. You know what that church did? They finally gave me a $25 a week raise so I could pay for the car. And, that's, and I appreciated that. And I guess the other $25 a month was to help me buy the gas for it so I could get out and go visit out of town. <laughs> but those days made us. Let me tell you, they made us. I fear that some of our young people are not going through those kinds of times anymore. But that's not, not here nor there. Now, let me, let me turn back to this other page just a second. What we have learned here is that the Jews neglected to give. When they neglected to give, they were guilty of robbing God. They had no excuse. Why did they not have an excuse? Well, one reason that, number one, is they... They, they had they'd been taught to do this. They had been taught that they should do it. Secondly, they had something to give. I'm going to put this in the form of a question instead of me just making a blank statement about it. Do you think that a person can become so destitute that they have nothing to give? What about the poor widow? She's pretty destitute. That's why we call her poor, isn't it? And she gave how much? Two mites, which make a farthing. All she had. Uh, there's an interesting story uh, in 1 Kings 17. I want to read that to us. Uh, and it's about a widow. Some of the more interesting stories in the Bible about widows. Single women. Women living the single life. 1 Kings 17, verse 8, beginning. And this is about, this is during the days of Elijah, the Tishbite. I had a teacher in school named E.J. Turner, one of the greatest men I've ever known. His first name was Elijah, so the students behind his back called him the Tishbite. <laughs> Elijah the Tishbite, one of the finest men I've ever known in my life. Word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. I've told this woman to take care of you when you get there. So he rose and went to Zarephath. 
And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called her, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in the vessel that I may drink. I'm thirsty, I want something to drink. As she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And this is what she said, verse 12, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. So she needed fuel for the fire. So this is it. When we eat this, we'll probably starve to death. Now listen, verse 13. Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said. But make me therefore a little cake. What's the next word? What's the next word? First. First. You make me a little cake first. Who, whose servant who did Elijah serve? God. And so when he helped God's servant, who was he really helping? God. Make me a little cake first. That is, before you make one for yourself, make me one. And bring it to me, and after make it for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of all fail unto the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and her house did eat how many days? A long time, many, many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. First, first give it to whom? The, the Macedonians in 2 Corinthians 8, and we've studied about them earlier in our class. What, did the, what was the first thing they gave? Verse 5, 2 Corinthians 8. Anybody remember? They first gave themselves, that's correct. They first gave themselves unto the Lord. God has to be where? In, in order of priority. First, second, or third. It has to be number one. See, God's got to be first. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe it because I believe the Bible teaches it, and I believe it because our family has experienced it. That when you pour out what you have, that is, you give of what you have. I didn't say you pour out the whole bucket. We, but you give liberally and generously as the Bible teaches of what you have, God's going to bless you in return. My daddy taught me that. I, I didn't necessarily learn this out of the Bible. My daddy taught me by example. We moved to Mobile. That is our family. My mother, my dad, and my youngest brother. Now, Don, my oldest brother, Don, I think was either in the Navy or working as an intern for some senator up in Washington. But uh, he was in the Army. Did I say Navy? I meant Army. And uh, 
Uh, we moved to Mobile uh, July the 4th, 1959. And Dad was trying to get, uh, he had civil service uh, background with the Navy and with the Postal Department. He was trying to get a civil service job at then Brooklyn Field, Air Force Base, which he finally did. But you don't get those immediately. So in the meantime, times were slim. Now, we had a rotating diet in those days. One day, we had pinto beans and mashed potatoes. No, no cornbread. And the next day, we had mashed potatoes and pinto beans. That's what I call rotating diet. I remember one day, one Sunday, Daddy said, I've got $2 left in my pocket. That would have bought another bag of pinto beans. And he had to decide whether to drop it in the collection plate or keep it to buy something on Sunday, a Monday. But he dropped it in the collection plate. When the mail ran on Monday, he got a check in the mail that he never expected to get. For $50. My youngest brother said it was 50 I thought it was 25 He said it was 50 Well, that was nearly, with, with, the, with the way Dad, he was working as a painter, and we, I was out there trying to help paint houses. I made a mess out of it, I'll be honest with you. Someday I'll tell you about a house I messed up over in Mississippi like that. I painted on that. Well, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I was on a ladder on the outside. They hadn't put the window in the, there yet, you know, and the ladder slipped. And I went through the window, the bucket of paint went through the window, all over that hardwood floor. I never did know how they cleaned it up, you know. So they took me off of that and made me start doing roofing. And I wasn't too good at that either. But I was good at wiring houses. That's what I like to do. I could wire house uh, all day long. But I don't do it anymore. Don't call on me. Don't call on me to wire your house because I quit doing that a long time ago. But anyway... We were blessed. I believe when you take what you have and you pour it out, see, God can't fill a full bucket, can he? He can't fill up a bucket full. If you keep your bucket full and you never pour some of it out, he can't put some back in. And you pour some out, he's going to put more in, you pour out. I believe that with all of my heart. I really do. And I teach these because I want people to be blessed like, like I've been blessed. I want people to, to know what to do to make, to be, and I, I don't want to sound like a prosperity preacher on television because I'm it's about as far from that as the East is from the West. But I believe that God blesses those who honor Him. That's what I believe, that He blesses those. said, what about, well, what about the guy doesn't even believe in God and looks... Look like he he just does good all the time. It's kind of like the two farmers we're talking. One was a Christian, the one wasn't a Christian. He was an atheist, and the old atheist crops always seemed to exceed the crops of the Christian. And the Christian asked his preacher one day why that was. He said God doesn't set all his all of his accounts in October, and he doesn't. In the end, we're going to be a lot more blessed. You see, all of us are facing. Our older 
I hate to say old age, because that, that's where some of us already are. I don't know who it would be besides Gerald here, but uh, 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 he keeps bragging about being 88 years old, so I, you know, he's just a spring chicken. But he can still crow. Let me tell you, he's a spring chicken, but he can still crow. But we're facing our older years in life. You see, God will take care of us till we leave this world, and then he's going to take care of us for eternity. I believe that. But we've got to honor him in every way, with our, with our prayers, with our, with our possessions, with our presence and worship. That's another way of honoring God, isn't it? I don't believe God's going to bless us unless we put him where? First, first, first. And that's the problem with America today. How do men rob God today? Let's go through this as quickly as possible because we want to talk about the last point a little bit more. People can rob God by not giving at all. Is that possible? Now, I realize that you pass the plate, and you may say somebody doesn't put something in the plate. That might be because they've put their money by what, Ben? PayPal, right? Some of us, some give, anybody here give by PayPal? Ben Bonnie do, and, and, and I know that some of the other younger couples do. We started that when, uh, uh, when it was COVID, so that people that were at home could still give to the church, to give to the Lord. We don't give to the church, we give to the Lord through the church. Let's get that straight. Now, and that's when we started it, and, and, we still have the PayPal account open. Some don't give it all, but I just can't imagine a person never, I mean, I know that some get paid once a month. When, when I preached over in Mobile or at, over at Central, there were a lot of widows in that church. And, and Hilda and, and uh, uh, Matilda could verify that. There were a lot of widows in the church. And Louise had a class full of them. She taught a class in room 110. Y'all remember 110? And she'd have 35, 40 widows in that little old room. And, uh, and they were some of the most liberal people. They got paid once a month. They gave once a month. Understand that, okay? They gave once a month. And we have people in the church here that do the same thing. Some get paid bi-weekly. They, they, their giving is accordingly. So when you, they say somebody doesn't drop something, it doesn't mean they don't give. It just may be that it's not, they don't have, their paycheck's not for another week maybe. So let's just get that straight. But when you, when you can have a salary, let's just say of, I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm thinking of one that I was, I was paying one time to run school, $60,000 a year, and when the plate goes by every Lord's Day, no PayPal, you never drop a dime in. There's something wrong with that picture. Some, some rob God by giving some but not in proportion to what they were supposed to do, their ability. And uh, it's, it's, it's not enough just to give. We have to give in proportion to our ability. As every man has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly. And it says it was God loves a cheerful giver. And 1 Corinthians 16 says, they were, on the first of the week, let everybody lay by in store as God has done what? Prospered him. As we've been blessed, we ought to give in keeping with that. We, sometimes we rob God by giving what's just left over. We, we may not have animals to give to the Lord, but we spend everything that we have on ourselves. 
I go buy myself a, 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 a 65-inch TV to put in my man cave. I don't even like the sound of that man cave. Where's the woman cave? Where's a woman cave, huh? You have a woman cave? You do? Yeah, okay, y'all have one. The woman, the, the, a lot of these men think the woman cave is the kitchen. Did you know that? They do. Then they go and buy them a boat and buy them a four-wheeler and buy them a brand-new pickup truck. Nothing wrong having a pickup truck, but never give it, is it, Steve? Nothing wrong with a new pickup truck. You got one of the finest trucks in this church, huh? Man cave is a barn. Yeah, that's, that's okay. I go along with that. But spend everything on myself. Get, take me a vacation, go to Europe, go to Disney, wherever I want to go, and never give anything to the Lord. I don't know how you're going to stand. How can you live with yourself and do that? I don't know how you live with yourself. You say, why are you so worked up? It's because people are robbing God. That's why I'm worked up. I don't want people to be lost, people. A man by the name of E.A. Hungerford made this statement. More people will be lost because of their uh, lack of proper attitude toward their material possessions than any other thing. You, you study the parables of Jesus and how many of them deal with money. Do you, do you realize this morning there's more said about money in the Bible than any other subject? Yeah, they'll kill over it. What did Judas get when he betrayed Jesus? You think about it. Money. Money is an essence in our lives, and money is neither good nor evil. It is amoral. That means it has no morals. And it depends on what we do with it. And, and I want to honor God with it. Now, here's why men rob God, because they've never been taught the truth about giving. They've not been. J.W. McGarvey said, and this was in a, one issue of the Gospel Advocate, and the article was written by Alan Hires. And he quoted McGarvey, and McGarvey said, we preachers, put, and this is my shoes now we're talking about, not your shoes, we preachers have not been as faithful as on preaching, on giving, as we should have been doing. That's just about a quote. And they have to, we have to be taught. See, I believe God's people are the best people in the world. You're the best people on the planet of this earth. I believe that. But we do what we've been taught to do. How did you learn to drive a car? Did, did you wake up one day and say, we know I think I'll go out and get in that, that machine out there and sit down and go drive? Somebody taught you how to do that. How, how did you learn to write cursive? I had a teacher in the sixth grade, tried diligently to teach me how to write cursive, you know, legibly. She failed. She failed. Because I, she'd give me all the, you just, you just don't learn some things in life as to perfection. But we, I've learned, I can write cursive, but it's, the, the more I write, the faster I get, and the more unlegible it is. I get to, I get to thinking and I start writing fast, 
But anyway, we do what we're taught to do. The way I learned to ride a bicycle is my daddy got me out in the street on a hill and pushed it down the hill, and I was on it, and I had to either pedal fast or I was going to crash. So that's how I learned to ride a bicycle. So we, we do what we've been taught to do. And, and I believe that, that elders of the Lord's church have responsibility to make certain that we're taught the truth about every subject, not just faith, repentance, confession, baptism, and the Lord's Supper and about music and worship. I think some people rob God because they have an inordinate desire for money. As 1 Timothy 6 says, the love of money is what? The root of evil. It's the root of evil, of all evil, which while some have coveted after, uh, or some have strayed from the faith and, they, and, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That's, that, that, those blanks are kind of messed up there. I've got to circle around it. That means I've got to correct it. And so they just love money. Uh, what charge did Paul bring against the rich in 1 Timothy 6, 18? What did he encourage them to do? Anybody Remember? Uh, do good. This is what he told them. He said, charge them to the rich in this world. They to be not high-minded nor trust in us certain riches, but in the living God who giveth us all things richly to enjoy that they do good, be rich in good works, and be willing to share. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.